You're listening to Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM. Welcome to the Collegian Week in Review. Here are your hosts, Maddie Welsh and Lauren Scott. Welcome back to the Collegian Week in Review, where we give you an inside look into Michigan's oldest college newspaper. We're your hosts, Maddie Welsh and Lauren Scott. Today we'll be talking to Maggie Hronchek about a portrait of a Hillsdale College professor that's going up in the Michigan Supreme Court building, Olivia Perro about a longtime athletics director at Hillsdale who will be saying goodbye to the college next year, Logan Washburn about the happenings in the city of Hillsdale lately, and finally Lauren and I will talk about some fun stories from this week's features section. This is Lauren, and I'm interviewing Maggie Horoncheck, the editor-in-chief of the Hillsdale Collegian. And she wrote an article about the Michigan Supreme Court honoring Stephen Markman with an official portrait at the Michigan Hall of Justice on Wednesday. So tell me a little bit about who Stephen Markman is. Yeah, well, thanks for having me. Uh, So yeah, this week I wrote about one of our professors here, uh, Stephen Markman. He's taught constitutional law here for 30 years, and he is also a retired chief justice of the Michigan Supreme Court. Uh, Prior to that, he worked for a long time with, you know, a private practice in Detroit. At one point, he was the U.S. Assistant Attorney General, nominated by President Ronald Reagan and unanimously confirmed by the Senate. And uh, before that, he worked on the Senate Judiciary Committee. So he's had a very extensive career uh, on the court. Why is this significant um, specifically for Hillsdale? I think sometimes being a Hillsdale student, it's easy to forget just the caliber of professors that we have the opportunity to study under. And, you know, Justice Markman, every semester, uh, well, every fall semester, Uh, for 30 years has been coming from Lansing to Hillsdale to teach constitutional law. And what I learned while writing this story and hearing from a lot of other uh, current justices on the Michigan Supreme Court is that this is a man who has been respected for years for his honesty, his integrity, and just this profound knowledge that he has of how the U.S. Constitution and the court system as a whole works. What are some significant things that you learned about Justice Markman when researching for this article? Uh, yeah, I, I learned a lot that I wish I could have even included in, this, in the story, but with space limits, I couldn't. Uh, for example, one thing that's not in the story, but he is wor- doing a lot of work with Ukraine right now. He actually hosted a Ukrainian family in his house for a while. Uh, he's uh, leaving for Poland in a few days, actually. Uh, he was appointed there by American officials to work on reforming their judicial system. So that's the extent of his knowledge is that of, of anyone they could have chosen in the whole country, they chose Justice Mark. Uh, for his expertise in that. Uh, I guess I also learned uh, a lot about why he decided to come to Hillsdale 30 years ago. He was involved with Hillsdale and Grove City's fight for independence from the federal government back in the 80s when that was all going down. So he he's known about Hillsdale for a long time, just being from Michigan. And then he really saw our values and he said, I want to be part of that. So he's been here ever since teaching. I, I had this quote in the story, I think, but at the ceremony yesterday... Justice, uh, Justice Zara said that on President Reagan's final day in office, he presented Markman with a handwritten note thanking him for his service to the people of America. So that really goes to show just the impact that he had on this country. When you spoke to your sources about Justice Markman, what did you learn about his reputation and what he is remembered for? I learned a lot from Dr. Craig in the politics department, who's known Markman for 30 years now, uh, and they're close friends. And one thing Dr. Craig told me was that 
Nobody ever went to Justice Markman seeking special favors. They knew that no matter what his personal political beliefs were, he was not about that. He is an originalist. He looks at the Constitution the way the framers intended it, not by you know what he thinks the law should be. He looks at what the law actually is. And so he, throughout his career, he's been respected on both sides of the political aisle for his honesty and his the fact that he's unwilling to grant special favors, even to people he may personally agree with. And who painted this portrait of him? Uh, so it was painted by Professor Sam Connect, who was a former art professor at Hillsdale for decades, and he chaired the art department here as well. He told me that in drawing the portrait, he looked to painters from the Renaissance, and he's made a life out of studying famous portraits artists. And so he used that knowledge while painting. And he met with Justice Markman at the Hall of Justice in Lansing. And they went through and looked at dozens and dozens of justice portraits uh, before he started the project. All right. Thank you for joining us. The Collegian Week in Review continues. This is Maddie, and I'm here with Olivia Perro, the assistant sports editor of The Collegian. And this week she wrote a story about the director of athletics at Hillsdale College who will be retiring after this academic year. Olivia, tell me a little bit more about this story and who this man is. Yeah, so I wrote this story about Don Brubaker, who is the athletic director here at the college. And he'll be retiring around June 30th of this coming year. So he's just going to probably move to Kansas, he said, to be closer to his three sons and seven grandchildren. Uh, And he's ready to change up what he's doing after quite a few years of being in charge of athletic-related things. How long has he been at Hillsdale College, and what has that looked like? Yeah, so he's been at Hillsdale for 15 years, and he said three of the uh, most impressive things that he has accomplished while he was here was helping to rewrite the curriculum for the physical education program, so adding in the different sports majors and minors. And then he's also proud of the uh, creation of the intramural sports that they have here, and then the alignment of the varsity sports with the college's mission of just being more academic and uh, taking on challenges. Tell me a little bit more about that last point, about uh, you know the academic part of Hillsdale sports. Yeah, so uh, Mr. Brubaker said that Hillsdale students are involved in more rigorous academics than a lot of other students at other colleges are. So he said that the coaches are really involved in encouraging the students to take both the sport and their academics seriously so that they can succeed in both and not just being being an athlete and not taking their academics seriously. So he said that's been a priority to make sure that the students understand that they have to be giving all their effort to both their academics and sports. What is the legacy that Brubaker is going to leave at Hillsdale? I think from what I heard interviewing some of the other coaches, it will just be that um, he's a very kind man. So that energy is going to be missed of having a support system and just a gentle, encouraging voice um, to all the coaches and athletes. So I think He'll be leaving a legacy of just kindness behind and encouragement. Well, thank you for coming on, Olivia. Thank you for having me. This is the Collegian Week in Review. 
This is Maddie, and I'm here with Logan Washburn, the City News Editor of The Collegian. This week in the City News section, we had a lot of very big stories. We had one on the front page of the paper about some cyber attacks that were affecting some schools in local counties. So, Logan, tell me a little bit about that story. The cyber attack story was very interesting. It was definitely developing in the beginning of the week, so it took some work um, on everyone's part to follow up on that and try to keep tabs on what was going on there. Um, What ended up happening is that the schools in Hillsdale County and Jackson County got shut down from Sunday to Wednesday because of a cyber attack. Um, And it didn't only shut down their internet, but it also shut down like a lot of their internal systems. So um, in a lot of cases, there were issues with things like heating and other school building things that were regulated by computers. So um, that was a big issue, and that's part of why they didn't go back to school until today, Thursday. I know a lot of the local parents were kind of frustrated because this hit um, very much at the last minute, and they weren't able to plan on um, how to take care of their kids if they had jobs, other things going on. Um, But overall, I think a lot of them are just grateful to be back in school, and I don't think that the district officials have gotten any word on who's behind this yet. At least at the time of publication, everyone was still trying to sort things out. But I do know that law enforcement's involved. Did you hear from any local parents about how this affected them? We did. Um, We heard from the family of Scott Bertram, a Radio Free Hillsdale employee and radio professor here at Hillsdale. So his kids go to Will Carlton Academy and his wife spoke to us about what it was like dealing with the shutdown because Will Carlton actually closed um, as well, even though it's not a public school. It sounds like they were able to adjust to it last minute. They made the best of it, but toward the end of that time when the kids couldn't be in school, um, everyone felt a little bit claustrophobic and the kids were ready to get back. So it was a welcome relief to everyone. There's also a very interesting story this week about the Dearborn School Board dealing with some problems with books in the school. Tell me a little bit more about that. Parents in this school district recently got national attention because a lot of these schools are in predominantly Muslim areas. And um, a lot of these parents saw what was in the school library. And a lot of it is explicit material. um, One book in particular, Flamer. In October, these parents essentially saw what was going on and they staged a protest at one of these school board meetings. And they essentially just came together and said, hey, we don't like what you're teaching our kids. We don't like the fact that we have explicit stuff in our schools. It's readily accessible to anyone. And there was just pushback there. So I went with um, Haley Strack and Thomas McKenna to cover the event in person. And the district had moved the event from its original venue. And so there was a smaller crowd, but there was still a very good turnout. A lot of families, um, again, predominantly Muslim, but also some Christians too. They were all working together and supporting each other and speaking out against against this material to the school board. Without getting too much into the weeds, what sort of were the objections to these explicit books? Yeah, so um, a lot of these books were for, um, you could argue that they're like graphic novels for um, middle schoolers, and some of them were even um, like children's books for elementary schoolers that either showed graphic content or promoted a lot of these ideological stances. A lot of the ideological ones um, and less explicit ones were for elementary schoolers, but the ones that were for the middle school age, they contained some very inappropriate content. And so a mother from the Hillsdale area actually um, drove up because her daughter was able to obtain this from one of their libraries. 
and I don't know it was her daughter, but I believe one of her kids. Um, and she actually spoke against this and read the book at the meeting. And so that caused um, that caused a huge bout of backlash with the parents. They all wanted to speak against this to the board. And that video um, circulated online as well. This is an interesting localization of a national story that we've been seeing a lot of. We actually had some of this in Hillsdale, too. So say a little bit more about that. Yeah, I agree. Um, well, it's sort of interesting because in this case, um, it was backlash against the school board, but Darren Wisely, a local lawyer, actually is suing the school board on behalf of these parents, alleging violations of First Amendment rights and parents' rights to direct, to direct their kids' educations. And so this was an interesting development because a lot of times parents will speak out against school boards, but it can be difficult to actually organize and get solid action out there. And so this was um, this was very interesting because it brought the story to Hillsdale. It had that Hillsdale tie to it, but it also was an instance in which parents organized and they actually took concrete steps. So it'll be interesting to see where that goes. There's another story this week about an injunction that a judge granted to the Hillsdale GOP. Tell me a little bit more about that and what's going on there. So there are two different groups in the Hillsdale GOP, um, the original leadership and this new leadership. Essentially, the original leadership disavowed more than 60 members back in August. They sent them letters ahead of their county convention saying, you're a Trotsky international socialist. But they essentially said that they weren't holding the party's best interests in mind. And so they barred those um, members from attending the convention. In the wake of that, Brent Leininger, a county commissioner, organized another group. They held an alternate convention that was accepted and then Leininger's group essentially formed and they say that they've been voted in as the party's new leadership. They also sued the party's original um, officers to gain party control. And in the meantime, um, because we have another county convention coming up, they asked the judge to keep the original group from continuing with party activities. So essentially that's what we just got the judge gave the injunction and told the original leadership to stop um, holding party activities ahead of this county convention, which I believe was taking place this evening. What does this mean for the group as a whole going forward? So this is by no means a final decision, um, but it does sort of reinforce that there are these two separate groups that are fighting. And I believe that both groups did actually proceed with their separate county conventions today. And so this is like a temporary court order, and it's supposed to help keep the peace in the meantime. But obviously, both groups are still trying to figure out what this means. So it's going to be complicated going forward. And we have these two groups that claim to control the county party. And we'll have to see how it plays out ultimately. I think it'll be settled finally when this lawsuit's resolved. Thanks for coming on the show, Logan. Thanks for having me on. Radio Free Hillsdale's The Collegian Week in Review continues. This is Lauren, and I'm here with Maddie Welsh, my co-host and also the assistant features editor of The Collegian. And we are going to discuss um, some of the pieces that were written in the features section. Uh, we're going to start off with a quick hits about our uh, one of our favorite journalism professors, uh, John J. Miller. And so, Maddie, tell me, um, what was your favorite question that was asked in this interview? Um, and why did you why did you like it? Yeah, so this was a super fun one. Mr. Miller has never had a quick hits before, and it seems like he was very flattered by it. So that is good that we could finally give him the honor to, you know, have this in the paper. Um, something that I really liked is 
Um, Hannah Cody wrote this. She asked him what his favorite Hillsdale College experience has been. And he talked about a time when a former student of his who was in the journalism department, um, who works for the Wall Street Journal now, edited him for the first time. He said the servant had become the master. And he said it was just a super cool experience to have that. Um, Since then, he has been edited many times by former students. But it's just a super cool look at, you know, what happens when you go through this department here and where you can go and that, you know, you start off getting a C plus in your advanced writing article and then maybe one day you'll be editing Miller himself. So it's a cool little thing. He was asked what his favorite Bible verse and then also gave a little bit of an explanation. Do you mind telling us uh, what he said? Yeah, that was a very fun one. It was very on brand for him. He said his favorite Bible verse is Matthew 6, 7, which says, In praying, do not babble like the pagans who think that they will be heard because of their many words. And he said, that's Jesus going strunk and white with his version of omit needless words, which is just the most on brand thing for him to say ever. You know, like, of course, he would tie that back to writing and back to strunk and white. Anyone who's ever spoken to him, he's probably brought up strunk and white. So it was a great answer. What did he say was his favorite thing about himself? And do you agree? Do you think that this is a good answer for him? This was a very sweet answer. He said he has a good, strong family and he's a happy person and that he's blessed to be here at Hillstow College. I thought that was great. I mean, I, I don't think I can agree or disagree. It's just him stating, you know, things about himself. But it's a good, you know, it's a good outlook to have. Be thankful for what you have. And uh, yeah. Last thing about this quick hits. There was a picture included that I know a lot of people uh, were really impressed by. So why don't you explain that picture to us? Yeah, so the picture is of a young Mr. Miller in the 1970s. He's very young in this, maybe younger than 10. He wasn't quite sure of the age in this picture. But he was visiting his older brother, who was a student at Hillsdale College at the time. He's wearing a little Hillsdale College sweatshirt. Um, and we all just loved it in the office because we know him as this, you know, big, imposing, scary journalist and professor. Scary sometimes. He's wonderful, but sometimes scary. But, you know, in this picture, he's just a little boy and it's very cute. Moving on to the story that was written about WIP, uh, which is Washington Hillsdale Internship Program. Um, they celebrated their 50th anniversary. And so tell us a little bit about this story and why it's significant that this program has been going on for 50 years. Yeah, this was a super cool story. I actually had no idea that WIP was such an old program. It started in 1972. We have included in the paper a picture of the first WIP class ever. It was just four Hillsdale College students who uh, went on the program. So it's a really cool program. Students get to go to Washington, D.C. for a semester, um, do an internship, in any of the various places that you can intern in D.C. A lot of people will work in the House or the Senate. Um, There are a lot of journalism students who go on WIP. There are also even like museum studies students who go and, you know, work at the many museums that are in D.C. So um, while they're there, they also take classes just part time in the evenings while they're working. So it was cool to get some info about how the program has sort of evolved over the years. Early on, Um, Hillsdale now has a satellite campus in D.C., um, but early on we did not have that. So what students would do is they would go and they would do their internship and they would take classes at Georgetown. Um, So now we have the Kirby Center, which is a place where undergrads who are on WIP can take classes. 
Um, there's also graduate classes that are available to take there. Um, so it's super cool and it's cool to hear about how it has changed over the years. All right. Thank you, Maddie. Yeah, of course. You have been listening to the Collegian Weekend Review on Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM. We're your hosts, Lauren Scott and Maddie Welsh. You can find the Collegian online at hillsdalecollegian.com or on Instagram and Twitter at hdalecollegian. Once again, you have been listening to the Collegian Weekend Review on Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM.